Welcome back to Clarity Convos for Wedding Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Aislinn, and today's episode is a real treat. I'm so excited because we have our very first guest on the podcast. It's going to be so much fun. But before we get into our guest episode, I want to share a win that one of my clients had in my program, Success Accelerator Program, because it was amazing. So my client came to me with a successful wedding photography business, but she really wanted to raise her prices in her wedding photography business, as well as book more motherhood portrait sessions. And she came to me, she had never charged more than around $6,300 for weddings. When she came to me, she was struggling with the fear of taking on less weddings and raising her prices. And she didn't know how to create a revenue stream that was going to be working for her even in the off season. Her mindset was keeping her from jumping fully into what her heart knew was her next step. So we worked on her mindset and her nervous system first within the program, and then we focused on cleaning up her consultation process and also the way that she communicated her process to higher-end clients. We heavily focused on her marketing and her networking strategy and the mindset around being more visible to those really incredible dreamy clients and vendor partners. We also created multiple upsells within her process throughout her client journey, where her client could decide that they wanted to upgrade their experience, which gives her more opportunities for more revenue throughout the year. And it's a beautiful way for her to serve her clients even better. Now she has booked multiple weddings at her highest rate. Her portrait sessions are booked out throughout the winter and she has more automated pieces in her business that are working for her. And this means that she can take back time on her calendar and get this. She just had a $25,000 month, $25,000. Can you imagine how incredible is that? And really, truly it is working on both your mindset and your product suite that allows us to have those larger, higher cash months. So just to let you know, Success Accelerator Program is now on a wait list until January 2024 start date, but you can lock in your spot early if if you know it's something you want to do, and you get special bonuses if you lock your spot in early. If you're interested in that, the link is in my show notes. But today's episode, I'm so excited to get into. It's a real treat. I'm going to be introducing you to my husband, William, and we are going to be chatting about his role in my wedding photography business and how having a team member can really elevate your client experience. So William, welcome to Clarity Combos for Wedding Pros. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks. It's an honor to be your first uh, guest on your podcast. I'm so excited. It's funny because we have been trying to schedule this podcast and we literally live in the same household. We've been trying to schedule this podcast for like a month and it just, we keep missing each other, which is hilarious because we also live together. (laughs) Yeah. Those calendars just didn't line up very much. Yeah, exactly. Well, William, can you give a brief overview and intro of who you are to our audience in case they've never had the pleasure of meeting you before? Right. So I was uh, Ace Portraits' office manager, product specialist, and assistant photographer. I started with just assisting on wedding days in 2018. Uh, We kind of expanded in 2019 to handling a lot of the products like uh, wall art and albums, uh, also some of the lighting and and logistics on wedding days. Uh, Eventually, I started uh, second shooting and also uh, taking a lot of the office management roles uh, over. So uh, writing emails and coordinating a whole bunch of different things. That's really cool. I, it's so fun to look back on 2018 through, through like 2020 and kind of see like 
the progress of what you did inside of the wedding photography business that we had, because at the very end, like you had some pretty significant roles, but at the very beginning, it was very much trial and error as to like what you were going to be doing within the business. Right. It really just started as carrying bags and ended, you know, 2020 was a very weird year for a lot of people, but I think the systems we had really helped us through it. And the uh, responsibilities I'd taken on uh, were pretty helpful to the business as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when William first came on my team, what I really needed was someone to carry my bags on wedding day and make sure I didn't leave anything in like random places on a wedding day, which, you know, we are all, (laughs) we all have that problem at some point or another, if you have any kind of gear on a wedding day. So he would come along and he would uh, like carry my bag and make sure I had water and make sure I didn't leave like lens caps in places. But what was so interesting was noticing how my clients interacted and engaged with William. So William, I'd love to hear more about that from your perspective. Like you would hear me talk about how I would come home from a wedding day and like how I was with my clients, but then actually being like first person able to see like how clients interacted with you. It was really, really fascinating. Yeah, it was really interesting to see you operating in that mode and how you were around your clients, but also how their clients would interact with you in the way of seeing you as the expert in the field, but also interacting with me. Uh, you know, early on, I got that like transferred trust of the uh, being the expert in the field, even though you know I'd only been to one or two weddings and really was just a little side character in the uh, um, the uh, photography party there, but. Um, yeah, it was really interesting to uh, see that and start working through the process of like, how do I want to show up on a wedding day? How is it most beneficial to the client's experience uh, for me to be there? Yeah. And it's interesting because you just said like, how do I want to show up on a wedding day? Like this is something to think about if you have a team or you're thinking about bringing, bringing a team member onto your business. It's not just how you as the CEO of your company show up on a wedding day or show up in your business or show up in your emails. It's also how your team members are showing up. So Like William got that from me, but he watched me like, you know, question myself and ask like, how do I want to show up on a wedding day? And so he took that and made it his own. And so it was, it was just really fascinating. Like the difference between 2018 William on a wedding day and like 2022, (laughs) like vastly different people. It was also an outside perspective for how you're showing up. So because we work together on so many weddings, I could kind of step in. We could have discussions about like, Hey, you know, why did we make these decisions here? How could we have uh, done things better? How could we have redirected things earlier on or, um, you know, gotten things out of the way earlier uh, to avoid things coming to a head or anything uh, negative happening for the clients? Yeah. And I do want to reiterate that my husband is an engineer at heart. So (laughs) he's not the kind of person that's going to show up on a wedding day and be super social. So it was definitely like, testing your skills and expanding your skill sets around how you engage with other people because you were not in those situations in other parts of your life. Yeah. And it really helped me expand on skills of how do I want to show up in my day job? Uh, How do I want to have social skills with that? How do I want to uh, interact with uh, the vast array of different people I interact with during the day? Um, Having those social skills and all the uh, Um, different situations that weddings put me in has been really helpful through kind of everything in life. Yeah. So as we moved on from you just being bag lady at wedding days and carrying around all my stuff, as we moved on from that, we started to kind of expand the different tasks that we were giving to you and the different tasks that we were delegating to you. And it wasn't like this, like, 
you know, we sat down at the kitchen table and had a long talk about it. It was like over the course of a year or over the course of like six months, we just kept having conversations around like, oh, okay, like, hey, could you take this on? Or, hey, could you go write that email? Or, hey, could you, you know, you know, handle like that consultation, take notes for me during the consultation. So it was like this very gradual process. And it was so cool because in 2019, that's when we started adding in some of kind of the like, I'd say higher responsibility tasks. So things like you knew about the products that we were selling in 2019. So let's talk a little bit more about how we brought you into the process of selling products in person, because that was the year that we started doing in-person sales and having you as the product manager. I think this was kind of the pivotal, pivotal moment of like you taking on more responsibility within the business and being seen more as the expert, like alongside, almost like more like a partnership between us rather than me being your boss. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes back to we did a lot of learning together about uh, product sales and just sales in general and kind of figured out how Ace Portraits wanted to sell things to clients. I still remember the very first one or two times trying to uh, sell to clients. It was, you know, kind of awkward, very awkward. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we got through that and really started understanding what worked well for us and it was nice to be able to really focus on, um, you know, being an engineer, like the actual products themselves, but also being able to understand the pricing of the products and having that confidence of, I know this is a really good product. Uh, I know it, that the pricing is right. I know this is going to serve the clients very well. And just that having the background sales knowledge, having the uh, in deep knowledge of the actual products that we're selling and why we're selling and how we're selling that really gave me the confidence to step in and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, make the sales with the, the clients. And I, a lot of them have been very happy with the different products that we sold. Yeah, we're sitting here in 2023 and I still have clients come back and be like, oh my God, our album is sitting on our table and we love it so much. And that to me is such a testament to not only like the products that we chose, but also the experience we created around selling products. Yeah, I think having the products that you trust in, like, our wedding album is one of our, you know, uh, best products that we uh, were selling at one point. Like we, we uh, found that product that we love so much that we wanted it for our wedding album. Yeah. That's actually like a, a small little tip for you guys. If you're a photographer and you're selling albums, definitely make sure that you have like a, like top tier type of album that you can put in people's hands, almost like as an anchoring point of like, this is the like most expensive thing you could possibly buy. And then like, you can show them the other products you have. So that for us, that was our wedding album. I think it was priced at like 7,000. So we would hand it to clients and be like, this is our wedding album. And it really is our wedding album. It's not like we just made that up. Like <laughs> it really is our album. So we would hand it to clients and we'd be like, you know, this product is 7,000. We just want to show you what's possible for you if this appeals to you. And it was so different than the other albums that we were selling that it really set itself apart. So that when we put the other albums in their hands, like the normal ones that we were selling in the like two to 4,000 range, they kind of could tell the difference between the two. And that was something that William and I worked on together was how do we make sure that our clients understand the value of what we're putting in their hands? Yeah. And it was also good to, for us to understand the wedding album that we had for our album was not something you would want to have sitting on a coffee table with like little kids around. We had a lot of other albums where, you know, they get jelly on the page, you can wipe it off, but our album, you would never be able to do that. It would be a restoration project uh, to get jelly off of. But 
uh, it was very good for us to be able to explain that to our clients and say, you know, because of our lifestyles, this is the one that we went with and we love our wedding album. And, you know, here's the options for where they are in their lives. Yeah. So that's kind of the early years of you being part of the business. I feel like that was really when things started to kind of shift more into like almost like a partnership. Like people saw us more as a husband and wife team, even though that really wasn't like necessarily the case. I still was very much the CEO of the business. But I think one of the coolest things that we were able to kind of delegate to you was our email process. So originally I had Ace at Ace Portraits as my email and everything filtered through Ace at Ace Portraits. So every parent that wanted to send me an email, every bride that wanted to send me an email, every vendor that wanted to send me an email, it all filtered through one email. So when we brought William on and I started giving him more tasks, what I did was I set up a separate email for him and it said team at Ace Portraits and it had a cute little signature at the bottom that said office manager (laughs) and it had like his little picture and it was his email. And so what was so cool and William, I want to talk to you about this. What was so cool was that we were able to kind of give a little bit more separation of space between our clients and me as the CEO of the business. So William, I want to talk more about why we gave you the emails and like what those looked like and like what were some of the tough emails that we had to send through team at Ace Portraits? Yeah, I like that you said that uh, the coolest thing that I took over was the emails and not like, you know, film being your second shooter or all those other things. (laughs) (laughs) Please take these emails from me. I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, but I think that was probably the most impactful because being not the CEO, being not the creative director, not the artist in the business, I was able to approach the uh, emails and whatever situations were arising with kind of a different perspective. I was more of a, you know, hey, your contract says this, or hey, this is our process. And most of the time, it would be that I, you know, write out most of the email and get all the brain work on paper. And then you just go in and edit it for voice and stuff, because I had more of a uh, engineering voice on my emails. Yeah, there, there were no explanation points on his emails ever. So I had to go in and add them. Yeah. There was never a smiley. It was all just, uh, you know, noun verb style sentences, but <laughs> <laughs> getting the actual, like, Hey, here's where we stand on this out. And then, you know, having Aislinn come in and soften up the language a little bit and then send it out really took a lot of the burden off of her to, um, not have to have the conflicting uh, sides of, you know, being the artist, being the owner of the business, being the CEO, but also having a stand with those boundaries, which sounds a little weird. You would expect the CEO to, you know, really want to stand firm in things, but it's a little more personal when it's kind of, it's your business, it's your baby. You really want to make sure everyone's happy, but in the long run, everyone's a lot happier if you are able to hold up those boundaries. Yeah. So if you're listening to this right now and you're a solopreneur, like maybe you're a photographer and you only have one email address, one thing I'm going to encourage you to do, even if you don't have a virtual assistant or an office manager right now, go ahead and create a team at whatever your business name is, have two different email addresses. And eventually down the road, when you hire a virtual assistant or you hire an office manager or you hire your husband, whatever you're doing, like I want you to go ahead and start to have that separation between you as the artist and you as the business owner. Because what was so cool about having team at Ace Portraits was that we were able to send these emails that were a lot more kind of like boundary setting 
And it wasn't that I, as the artist, couldn't hold those boundaries or set those boundaries, but this really allowed us to kind of hold both spaces of, hey, we have a process. We're going to run you through the process. And then me over here being like, hey, like I like art and film and beautiful photos and being able to have that connection piece and that like really strong boundary piece as well. Yeah, and you don't have to make up a persona of someone uh, that works on your team if that they don't work on your team. Like you can if you want, if you're okay with that. But you could also just have it come from, you know, you know, we had team at Ace Portraits for the email, but I was always on the email signature. But you could have just, you know, Ace Portraits staff or whatever your business name is, staff or office manager. You don't have to necessarily make up a persona if you don't feel comfortable doing that. But I think having the uh, person to respond uh, that they're able to connect with a little bit is uh, valuable, even if it's just uh, you wearing one of those different hats in your business. Yeah, I really liked being able to kick things over to William and be able to say like, uh, you know, if a client asked a question, I could be like, hey, William's going to answer you tomorrow and he's going to give you all the product details on that. So like sometimes like my clients would email me and they'd be like, hey, we're interested in an album. And I'd be like, beautiful. I am so excited to talk to you about it. William's going to send you an email tomorrow with the next steps in the process. Of course, I could have sent that email. Of course, that email could have come from me as the artist. But what I loved about it was that basically William's email inbox was all about the process and all about the client experience. And then I was all about the art and I was all about the creation part of the business. Yeah, really, the process was twofold. One of it is having a separation and then what the other part of it was actually handing off those tasks to another person. And you, I would recommend pursuing the having that separation of uh, responsibilities, even if it's just separating it uh, amongst yourself. Um, you, it could even be that it goes to a different inbox and you handle those at the end of the day, handle those at the start of the day, just whenever you're feeling the, uh, the correct headspace to tackle that other sort of uh, interaction with your business, uh, it should be separated out for you. Yeah. So one of the other things that William did inside the business was he helped with the consultation process. So when we were doing consultation calls, we did consultation calls and then proposal calls. And I did not do them in person because this was the season where nobody could leave their house. So we did a lot of calls and a lot of Zoom calls. And so during the consultation process, I would be doing the actual consultation with the clients. Like I'd be the one who was like leading it and giving them the roadmap and talking to them about all the different things we're going to do with them on their wedding day. And what I had William do during consultations was he took notes or I was able to defer to him on a couple of different topics. So I would defer to William on things like products. I would defer to him on, sometimes I would defer on timeline, and then sometimes I would defer on things like logistics. So if you have someone in your business that like maybe right now they're not, um, you know, like a partner, maybe they're like a virtual assistant, or maybe they're like an office manager or something like that, there are different ways that you can start to incorporate them into your different sales processes that are going to be really, really helpful and also elevate your client experience because William would take those notes on the consultation call. And then I would be able to send the clients a call notes email right after the call. So they knew exactly what we had talked about. Yeah. The note taking was also very important to have uh, sort of a different viewpoint on the consultation, because as you're doing that consultation as the owner, CEO, creative uh, director, and the artist, you're outputting information. You're trying to, you uh, kind of, you know, make it go well. Like you, you won't have a certain end goal in mind. 
me watching it happen, I can pick up on different things that the clients are experiencing. And maybe I can see, oh, they were a little more confused in this area. So when we send that follow-up email, we need to make sure that we hit upon this point because they maybe didn't uh, have it as you know well understood as we would like, or maybe they showed more interest in one section so that we know, hey, they were actually really interested in albums. We just didn't get to talk about it too much. So let's, uh, in that first email, or maybe if we're making a custom package for them, let's throw one in there that has an album uh, because they seemed really interested, but the uh, consultation just didn't really uh, go that way maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting too, thinking about like how clients interacted with William versus how they interacted with me, like, especially on a wedding day, because towards the end of our like career as wedding photographers, like towards the end of the career, like we would show up on wedding days and William was my second shooter, or sometimes he's my tertiary shooter. It just depended on the wedding day. And like, it's almost like people started to see him as like an extension of me which I thought was so cool because on a wedding day, people would tell him really important information because they knew it would get back to me eventually. And I, I love that because if I was still shooting weddings, that's exactly what I would want. I would want to have somebody trustworthy that like people feel like they can go up and say something and they know that it's going to get back to me as the primary. Yeah. That was also important as we had much more complex weddings that the planner could walk up to me, say something and know that it would get to you and it doesn't interrupt your interactions with the clients because I can wait until, you know, I, you're backing up to take a shot or something whispered in your ear, information's passed and it's good to go versus having the planner have to stop what they're doing, wait to get your attention and yada, yada. So it's a lot more smooth to have someone who's a um, well integrated part of the team versus someone who's just kind of like there to get a different angle on the, the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that like, I kind of wish I had known sooner, like to have like a second shooter or have like a person that's with me at every single wedding that like, I I wish I had had that sooner because like when I was like first starting my career, I did a lot of like kind of bouncing around between second shooters. It would be like this person this weekend, this person this weekend. And I still did that towards the end of my career, like 2021, 2022, we still had, well, 2021, we still had people that were like second shooters that weren't William, but he would still come with me to all of those weddings. And so even if he wasn't there as a shooter, like he was there to get the information that I needed that, you know, we can't be in 15 places at once, like as much as people would love us to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was very uh, good to be like that well-integrated part. Um, and uh, I don't think I would have been ready in like 2016 to be that uh Second, so we're not saying you know you have to hire your husband or spouse or whatever it's just find someone who's able to complement your team even if your team right now is just one complement that team and really fill out the experience for the client yeah absolutely so what would you say was the most important part of your role as my office manager slash like all the other titles that we gave you <laughs> <laughs> I think it was really being able to be uh, sort of a third-party neutral party wearing some of those hats within the business, Um, not having as much of a stake in things, uh, not being as subjective in a lot of areas, being a little bit more objective and able to approach things from more of a neutral ground, especially as, you know, 2020, 2021 rolled around and there was a lot more um, testing of contracts, testing of boundaries going on. Uh, It was very nice to be able to 
uh, have you hand that stuff off to me and then we could resolve it and it wouldn't have to impact any of the actual uh, artistic side or even really the client experience side because they were dealing with me. They weren't dealing with uh, you, uh, who would be the actual primary point of contact during the wedding day and the primary um, you know, uh, part of the client experience. Yeah, I think that's actually a really great point because in 20, I'd say 2019 through 2021, we had to deal with some really, really tough client experience things that happened just because COVID, just because we had some clients who um, they didn't get what they wanted out of that year. <laughs> like, like I don't yeah. know how to explain it past that. And so like, we, we got a lot of emails from clients who were either like emotional and panicking, or they were like uncertain as to like what was going on or what to do next or what, like, you know, what does the contract say? All the different things, or I don't understand the contract. And what was so nice about having someone on my side of the business who is a super neutral party was I as the CEO and the artist could freak out as much as I wanted to go cry in a corner, go freak out, like go have like what the time that I needed, but that was done in private. And then we were able to craft a super neutral and super loving, compassionate email back to these clients that both honored our process and honored their perspective and their like situation in a way that just kind of made both parties a lot happier. Because I think that, you know, if you're the CEO of your business and you're getting an email from a client that's like freaking out, it's really easy to just want to react to that. And so having this extra layer between me and my clients was this really beautiful, like it gave me this really beautiful ability to pause and respond instead of just reacting. Yeah, it's not like I came in and played hardball with all the clients or anything no. like that. It was a very traumatic time for a lot of people, especially if you're going through a huge life change like getting married during that time. And a lot of our clients were also buying or building houses, uh, you know, getting dogs together. <laughs> lots of lots of life changes right around that time and, you know, a lot of uncertainty. So it really gave us kind of a neutral, let's step out of being emotional and try to actually solve some of the uh logistical issues or whatever was happening at the time so that it's better for the clients and also better for us. And we are able to kind of hold some boundaries without having to be uh, mean about it or, um, you know, actually being negative to the situation and causing more trauma to the uh, clients. Yeah. And one of the things about the email like setup that we had that was really cool too, was that like, I actually still have a vacation responder on my email. <laughs> like if you email Ace, Ace Portraits, like it still has a vacation responder on. And I've had that on for like probably like four years now. But what was so cool was that that was an extra way that we were able to give ourselves that like space to actually respond in a neutral state because a lot of photographers and a lot of people in the wedding industry, they're going to get an email, whether it's like an emotional email or not, and they're going to answer it within five minutes while they're like reactive. If you have systems in place that give you that space to actually pause and get neutral, 
you're going to be able to respond in a much more controlled way. You're going to be able to respond in a much more compassionate and loving way because you're coming at it from this place of neutrality because you gave yourself that space. So that was one of the systems that we had was my autoresponder, but then also being able to kick it over to William and be like, William's going to get back to you tomorrow. Or like we had office hours at the bottom of our, our email signatures as well. And that definitely helped a lot with creating that buffer. Yeah, the vacation responder was just to like, we'll get back to you within a business day or two. It's not like Aislinn went on vacation for four years once she hired me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was a re- really good like initial buffer because it kind of set some expectations. You know, if they email you, they know, you know, the email's been received. It'll get back to you within, I think it was like 48 hours or two business days or uh, whatever we had it set up with, and then a reminder of our office hours uh, so that they kind of knew not to be just sitting there waiting for an email to come back in within the first hour and it gave us a little bit of time to figure out how we wanted to respond. Yeah, and uh, that all came into place because we had a client who was texting us and calling us all hours of the day and night. And I told William that I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Uh, This is not good. I didn't know nervous system regulation at the time, but I was like, this is literally causing me panic attacks. We need more separation between our clients being able to ask us a question and us answering that question. And so that's part of the reason why we put that in place. It's not going to be for everyone. Some people are going to be like, that sounds like hell. I'm not doing that. Good, good. Figure out what works for you and your business. This is what worked for ours though. I do recommend having only one way of uh, communicating, essentially, and I recommend that it's not over uh, phone calls, just so you have a record of you know what you're agreeing to, what's being said, so that there's no confusion later on. So it could be text, it could be emails, it could be uh, messages through a client portal, or you know even Instagram messages or something like that. But I would recommend that you don't have five different ways they can reach you because you know, they may reach out with something that's urgent, but if they do it over a phone call, you may not remember what you uh, both said, or they, you may, you know, they may be almost entirely through email and they text you something one day because it's top of mind. And then uh, suddenly it's lost and you don't remember where it is. You're checking Instagram, you're checking the client portal, trying to find where it is when it's actually relevant. So consolidating all your communications into one thing is very important. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And when we we did like have like two emails and all of a sudden we had two phones as well, we had to make sure that our clients were like inputting information in the correct places. So like if a client were texting me, I would literally text them back and be like, hey, love you. Like, please email me because my brain cannot remember where I found this. Uh, so that's definitely like one of the really good pieces of information, I think, um, from this podcast episode is just consolidating your communication And one other thing I thought about too was the call notes that we used to do. So if we did have a call with a client, it was a scheduled call. So we made sure that like our clients emailed us first and said, hey, can I like schedule a call this week? And then we would schedule the call. And then after the call, we would do call notes. So I would send them an email or William would send them an email with everything we talked about. I don't know about you guys, but I have a very visual brain. If you say something to me, I'm not as likely to remember it as if you write it down and put it in an email, especially with weddings and how long we're with our clients. We really want to have those records so that we can go back and make sure that, yes, I am actually serving my client really well because I remember they said this because it is in an email. 
yeah, it was very important to have that, send them an email and say like, hey, these are all the call notes. Is there anything else that we may have missed in the notes so that you both have your perspectives on that call captured? So 12 months later when they're like, I thought you said this, you can just say, okay, well, let's go back to the call notes and see what we actually agreed was said during that call. And, you know, sometimes we were wrong. Sometimes they were wrong. Sometimes it was misunderstanding, misremembering. It's it's a very long amount of time you're with your clients. And there's also a lot going on for both sides of the equation. There's a lot of uh, back and forth, but you're also serving a lot of other clients and they're also, you know, getting married and they have a lot of life changes going on all at the same time. Yeah. I really feel like the most important, important part of your role in Ace Portraits was like the ability to create a buffer between us and the clients as far as like being able to respond. But also I really feel like it elevated the client experience. And when I say like putting a buffer between us and the clients, I'm not saying that as in like, I never want to talk to my clients because that is not the case. I love and adore my clients. It was this ability to be a more neutral party and to be a more like I was just a better business owner. I was a better business owner and I was able to raise my prices because the experience the clients were getting was phenomenal. So if you're thinking about hiring a virtual assistant or an office manager or a spouse and you wanted to bring them on, I'm going to wholeheartedly say, yes, it's amazing to have that extra neutral party like within your business. So William, I'd love to hear from you. If listeners are thinking about hiring someone, they're thinking about hiring a virtual assistant or an office manager or maybe a spouse, what would you tell them? Well, since I no longer work for you, um, you know, <laughs> I'm free and available to hire. So no, um, it's really finding someone who has a similar voice and set of values uh, to your business so that, that they seamlessly integrate in. They have to, you, you don't want to have to edit every, sing, every single thing that they write or you know, you're sitting there hearing them talk and you're regretting hiring them or anything like that. You really want to make sure that they can go off and be an autonomous unit when needed and can represent your uh, business to how you want it to be represented and that they're able to go off and that you can trust that they're doing their job and that you can trust they're showing up in the way that you want your business to show up. Yeah. It's interesting because like you, you were like in my business for like four or five years. I don't remember how many years it was, but you were in it for so long. And now I'm a business coach and mindset coach. Like you're not answering emails for me anymore. And like, you're not part of my business right now. And it's, it's interesting to me because I'm like, huh, I wonder how I could bring you in to the new business because I feel like my client experience is phenomenal as it is right now, like within my coaching business. But I'm like, oh, what if we brought in William? Like, how would that change? Like, what would we do differently? Right. And you have a lot of uh, different processes now that you're a business coach. So, you know, I wouldn't be doing some of the things that I was doing with uh, wedding clients because you have a lot more clients now and they're lower touch with some of them. So you have actual business processes set up to automate some emails and other things that you've worked with, um, you know, off, off other office managers to set up. So it would be interesting to see how, uh, I could fit in and, uh, what my, uh, benefit could be there. Yeah. It's definitely been on my mind because I think it would be so fun to bring you in. I've actually had William come in to success accelerator program to some of the calls to explain like our sales process. And he explained in-person sales. What else did we do? Was that it? That was it so far. We were planning another course on uh, some in-person sales things, but uh, I could talk for hours about in-person sales. There's so many lessons learned, and it's it's really uh, 
it's really interesting to see each business go out and, you know, each business owner and artist go out and like find where their niche is because we had certain niches. Like we did a lot of wall art and albums, but there's, you know, a lot of other products that people sell. Um, most of our albums were like full up wedding albums. Um, but there's a lot of other little things that you can uh, pursue that we just kind of never did. Yeah. If you guys are listening to this and you're like, oh man, I would love to hear an episode about in-person sales and you'd like us to do another guest episode with William about that, let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram at Aislinn Eileen Coaching or send me an email at hello at Aislinn Eileen because I'd love to do more of these episodes and I'd love to do more of them on topics that are really important to you. All right, William, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was such a pleasure to be able to interview you. And it was really fun to go back and talk about our years as wedding photographers and like how you were part of the team. I am so appreciative of you coming on here today. If you guys loved this episode, please let me know. You can send me a DM. And William, I'd love to hear from you, like final words, any final words you have from anyone who's listening today. Uh. Well, it was fun to reminisce about all the things I've done, but it's uh, really interesting to see uh, see what you've been doing as a coach and all of the um, client journeys that you've had. It's been interesting to have kind of first and secondhand knowledge of what other people's business journeys have been. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's been neat. I, I forgot to mention, William, tell them like your like most proud moments from being inside of Ace Portraits, because there's a couple of really cool ones. Oh, I think you have some in mind, but uh, I I got published uh, as and Martha Stewart as your second like one, two one or two of my images got picked uh, for Martha Stewart's uh, online uh, uh, publication. Um, that was kind of cool. I, I put it on my resume when I was switching engineering jobs, and uh, the, they thought it was really cool too. <laughs> I love that. That was like one of the the moments that like when it happened and his like one of his images got into Martha Stewart, I was like, wow, you are you are doing things that most people like put on their vision boards for like years and years and years. And you're just like casually, like casually in Martha Stewart. That shot was very interesting, too, because I distinctly remember taking it. It was like you and I were switching like left to right sides. And I was just like, oh, man, the light's really cool. And I just kind of like had the film camera and like almost over my shoulder, just like click. And, and that one got picked. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I re- yeah, God, that wedding was gorgeous. I am so grateful that you were on the podcast today. We will be doing more of these episodes. So if you guys loved it, please let me know. William, thank you again for being on the podcast. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you.